Welcome back to the Homeschool Advantage podcast. I'm your host, Bex Buzzy. And today we have none other than Kathy Duffy from Kathy Duffy Reviews. Kathy has been reviewing curriculum for homeschooling communities since 1984. She also reviews other resources she believes is important for those interested in homeschooling, education, the origins debate, and related political and spiritual topics. While they stretch beyond homeschooling, their primary goal always remains the same. Her newest book, 103 Top Picks for Homeschool Curriculum, is electronic, full of links, and immediately available. Don't miss out on this opportunity to have your curriculum questions answered with a click. In this episode, we talk about how there are so many factors in choosing curriculum and not to rush. Also, how the best curriculum has elements that also apply to life skills. And once again, parents, take your time, slow down. There just is no rush. So go grab your coffee, go grab your tea and a pen and paper because you're not going to want to miss what Kathy Duffy has to say. Let's get into the podcast. Every Thursday, I have Teacher Talk Thursdays where I talk about practical things to help you save money on curriculum and create units yourself easy and quickly with things that you already have. Also, I will be holding a lesson planning masterclass on October 15th from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. The first 100 people will get it for $25 along with two one-week science lessons after the masterclass. Register below and I will see you on October 15th. Kathy, say hello to our guests and tell us, what is something you think most people don't know about homeschooling? Well, it depends if they've ever tried it, but people who've never experienced homeschooling have lots of misconceptions, I think, about it. That it's, it looks, they think it has to look like regular school, that it is inferior to regular school, and that children are going to lose out socially, friends, you know, that sort of thing. And it's the opposite of the truth, because anybody who's homeschooled for any length of time finds that they have so many more opportunities to choose what works for their children, to make it interesting, to address their children's learning styles, all of these things that help you individualize the education to be most effective for each child. I love that. Yeah, socialization opportunities. In homeschooling, we, we go and we meet with different families different groups. It's not just the one class group all the time. It's lots of different settings that our children interact with people and people of all ages. So you often find that homeschoolers, by the time they hit the teen years, they're very comfortable carrying on conversations with anybody, you know, they'll look you in the eye and carry on a conversation about whatever. So, you know, that's a contrast to a lot of other kids. A hundred percent. Right. Like, and it's also the biggest misconception that is out there. The socialization part, everyone somehow thinks that 
homeschool kids don't socialize and they actually socialize way more than the average kid. Well, you know, and I think that's a problem now because there are so many things available to homeschooling families that they take advantage of too many, or they try to take advantage of too many things. And so they're, you know, driving to karate lessons and then going for, you know, music or participating in the drama group, you know, all of these different things, go, go, go. And you can overdo it on that end too. So that's my caution to those who are already homeschooling who are overdoing it. Sometimes it's good to just stay home. Yeah. And you know that, you know about all the resources out there because you've been reviewing them. So I want to get into that, like talk about how you started Kathy Duffy Reviews and like, what was your inspiration? What was that first time where you just got on there and started blogging and talking about different (laughs) curriculum? <laughs> well, this is way, way prior to, you know, the computer world. Yeah, it, sound, you know, it really sounds like the dark ages. We started yeah. homeschooling back in the early 1980s, and there wasn't curriculum for homeschoolers. Publishers wouldn't talk to us, sell to us, whatever. You know, it was really difficult to find resources. Wow. And I was interested in curriculum, and I started searching for things and writing about it. And this is back when we were having to type up stuff and you'd mail, mail, you know, newsletters and that sort of thing. It was really sharing, you know, word of mouth at our park days, whatever. I love so that. it was very primitive back then. <laughs> but I just kept reviewing over the years. I put together my first little comb, plastic comb bound book, I think in 1984, you know, skinny little thing, just all the you know reviews of all the things I'd found and grew from there into books and books, you know, and I think at one point I'd reached, I had the Christian Home Educators Curriculum Manual for elementary grades and then one for junior, senior high, both of them 350 pages or so. <laughs> at that point, I thought, oh, this is just overwhelming. Oh, wow. And also then we were getting in to the, I just started the website, started putting things on there. And once I realized, okay, I can put all this on the internet. I don't have to put everything in the books. People can, (laughs) can, can search. And then I switched over to doing the top picks books. My first one was hundred top picks, just 100 top picks for homeschool curriculum. Oh, wow. And then that's grown from 100 to 101. And now we're up to 103, my newest book. So (laughs) But, you know, and, but it's more than just, you know, knowing about the curriculum. I've always been concerned about helping people know how to choose curriculum. So in my books, I use the first five chapters to talk about how to choose curriculum, how to set your own goals, how to identify your children's learning style, your teaching style, how to choose what approach to education or approaches to education are likely to work best for you. So there's a lot to think about before you even just start looking at curriculum. So I walk people through that. That's awesome. Yeah, because you know, one of the things that a lot of parents I've been hearing from is like, I don't even know how to pick curriculum. And there's no reason they would. Yeah, they're exactly. And they're very like, oh my gosh, how am I going to help my student? I mean, when will I know that they learned the material that they have like so many questions? It's, it was pretty amazing. I think, you know, coming from a a teaching background, for me, it was like, it's obvious to me. And I didn't realize it was so (laughs) difficult. But I was just like, wow, (laughs) I just remember thinking like, oh, wow, okay. Yeah, they don't live in that world. So, you know, they just don't know what to think about how to think about it. Yeah. 
So yeah, we all had to learn this. You know? Yeah, we did actually, you know, and I think I did have a benefit when you kind of are given your curriculum and then you just got to pull it together. <laughs> so then you start getting familiar with what is taught within your subject, because the curriculum, the template or like the how would you say the framework doesn't really change just it's the material that goes in there that tends to change over and over again. So I started realizing oh well, this is what we always teach this we always teach this category or topic, but we just use different material to put it in there and that's something that didn't come very quickly it just was like one day I was like oh aha yeah yeah <laughs> well and, and homeschoolers you know have the freedom in most situations to you know, not stick strictly to a framework, they can do, you know, a much more general approach and maybe do a unit study where you're teaching the same history to two or three of your children at the same time, rather than having to do US history with one and world history with another and California history or whatever with another, you know, you choose a topic you combine and so you can teach much more efficiently. And it's kind of fun. You can yeah. do some field trips and, you know, some of those hands-on activities and read some interesting books, some historical fiction, watch a movie, you know, things yeah. that tie together and do it in a way that's not like regular school. So I, those are the things that people don't know going into it. Yeah, I love that. You've been reviewing for <laughs> 50 40, years. Like, 40 I, I'm years. Like, 40 years, like I was just like doing math. I'm like, whoa, oh, so, yes. that's awesome. So you've reviewed so many and has there been one that's like stuck out to you the most where you were just like really excited about this? Whoa, this one is so out of the box. This one is so different. Have yeah. you come across any maybe recently or maybe in the past yeah. years where you're like, wow, this is an amazing one. Yeah. There are those ones that, you know, come along every once in a while. Yeah, I get so tired of reviewing just yet another reading program, you know, and it's, you know, uh. <laughs> but, you know, okay, history, teaching history has gotten to be very problematic because of all the woke issues and mm. viewpoint issues and the way we treat minority groups and the rest of it, you know. And I'm watching some of the things come along and some of them go too far in the woke direction. And some of them are just too, they haven't kept up with things and they don't address minorities at all. You know, we've got these extremes out there, but the whole field, it's turning into a minefield, I guess. Publishers trying to write history curriculum are facing so many problems. So I like the ones that have come along that are taking a research-based approach, you know, or where they're giving kids questions, research this question in pointing them towards resources that present opposing points of view and having students read and consider and come to their own conclusions, but to realize that there are, is more than one point of view on most every topic. Wow. And so, you know, there've been a few, uh, the nomadic professor is one I really, I keep there in my topics. They only have uh, two U.S. history courses so far for high school, but they've done a fabulous job with this. The classical historian, he started doing this quite a while ago and he's got books and does it at a, you know, a lower level. So you could start, you know, the idea in a, you know, younger grade levels. But I think this is the future that, you know, this is the direction we need to go with history to stay away from those minefields. And I think it gives children a better education. So it's, yeah. it's more work. It's more work. Yeah, yeah. Granted, but good stuff. But they get a chance to think and critically think and really kind of reason it out and get the information, get all the evidence, which is really what we do in life, right? We right. gather data, we gather evidence, and then we make our own conclusions based on, you know, what we're seeing.
And you're right. There have been such like a strong dichotomy between the two right now mm -hmm. that it's really hard to almost, it gets kind of difficult because you're like, okay, I see that point. I'm like, oh, but I see that point too. And you really do have to come to a place where it is really centered on one thing. And it's funny, my pastor, he was talking about histories. He said the majority of people, we are just inherently, so we needed a savior. And I was like, wow, it's like so powerful when you think about it. I think history is the one that's getting because some people are yeah. rewriting it. Some yeah. people are rewriting it and erroneously. I remember I was subbing in a history class actually, and <laughs> I, they were learning Martin Luther. And I had just done like so much research on Martin Luther and I learned so much about him. And I understood his, you know, his plight, his cause and the whole thing. And when I was reading the textbook, the textbook left out a slew of information and yeah. really kind of directed it as he just hated religion and didn't address <laughs> any other thing. And it's I was just like, so wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, whoa, this is really agendized. I was like, because yes, but no. <laughs> it's like, yeah. yes, but no. So yeah, you're absolutely right. Wow. So what other subject do you think like has been another one that's kind of up and coming in a stage of that? Well, it's maybe not subjects so much as the delivery vehicles. Because of the internet now, we have so many resources that are being presented really blended fashion where you've got maybe an outline that's online and it's got links to videos and articles or books. I'm, so many books are available free online now too. Right. Or a built-in textbook, you know, and then it's jumping off into these other resources. And I love, Guest Hollow does a good job with courses like that. They've done it for grammar of all things. They've done it for history. They've got other courses. I want to get to review more of theirs. But, you know, just using... A lot of different resources pulling together these pieces and it keeps it interesting for kids you know because we got something different it's not just the same old same old all the time i love guest hollow i love jennifer yeah. and charles they were one of my first interviews and they are an amazing amazing couple have such a heart after true truly get educating students and they have so many free resources i was like oh my gosh <laughs> like you guys are giving it away you know but they yeah. really, I have to admit, they have such a heart education and just doing the, the right thing. What a great company yeah. they are. They yeah. really, really are. Well, and that's the thing you see it with these people. You know, it's usually one person or family where they come up with something interesting. I just recently reviewed something called Campfire Curriculums, and it's a couple behind it. The guy, I guess, has been involved in special forces, maybe still is because they try to keep their names out of it. Wow. And <laughs> it's an adventuresome curriculum designed so that you can expand it to do it as your core curriculum, but you can use the main part of it in the evenings. Dad can teach it for a half hour in the evening, every evening. Wow. And you can do natural medicine. You can do military. You can do gardening. Wow. Yeah, there's a lot of different topics, but they're not your typical school topics. Kind of takes you off into these different areas. Expand it. They've got core curriculum add-ons that you can use or not that tie it all together. But wow, very interesting. Yeah, so. I definitely want to look into that too because I'm such a fan of all that stuff. Like I love. I'm a scientist. Like I teach biology, physics, and chemistry, and I always look for that type of stuff. Like how do I learn more about just things out there in nature? There was one book I read that I really loved. It was called On This Side of the Mountain and 
And oh, I love that book so much because it taught me all about how to live outdoors. And it was based in the Catskill Mountains. It's a really old book, yeah. but it was such a good book that I really learned a lot from it. I kept thinking, I would love to be able to teach like this instead of like, someone said it yesterday, instead of teaching as if you're teaching a, a manual, like a refrigerator manual versus <laughs> a novel. I was like, wow, what, what's a really good analogy, you know? Yeah. But yeah. So in reviewing and everything, what's like your favorite part of all this? What still sparks you? Because that's a lot of work. I know that for a fact. Yeah. Like what still yeah. excites you about this? Well, it's coming across those gems, you know, that really does it because I do slog through a lot and it gets discouraging. So I can spend a couple of days reviewing something and then reach the point where I realize this just isn't ready for prime time. It's just not there. I can't even write this up. And that's <laughs> it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work and it's discouraging. But then I come across these good ones and it's like, oh, I can't wait to let somebody know about this one, you know? Oh. So that's fun because I know how hard it was to find things and how exciting it was to find some, something that could work, yeah. something that would make my kids excited about school. Yeah. So yeah, I want to pass that on. Yeah. So when you first started, was that the reason why you actually started reviewing because of, you know, just your own personal experience in as a homeschooler? We started out, I had really scrounged to get a Becca curriculum. I wanted to use a Christian curriculum at that point. And it was the only one I knew of and had a really hard time getting it. And it took me all of a couple of weeks to realize it was a really bad choice for my oldest son. He's mm. just not that a traditional textbook type kid. Yeah. And I sort of should have known that because he'd been in school. He'd gone through second grade when we started homeschool. And I knew with math, he was struggling with that. And so I had made up math games and, you know, we'd done those. And I'd actually taken math games into his school <laughs> them to use. That's so funny. So, so trying to adjust to his needs and looking for things that would work for him was part of what interested me. And then also, I'm. this is really, this is one of those really different things. We started again, back in the dark ages, the neighbors, my oldest son's friend down the street had told him that, that he was going to get arrested and sent to jail because we were homeschooling. He didn't tell me this till way afterwards. So I didn't know this, but I did want, cause I knew they were a little bit nervous and worried about the whole thing. And what are we doing? Nobody else is doing this. Ah. And so in September I said, everybody else is in school. We can go to the beach. And so we went to wow. the beach in the middle of the week and, you know, we live close enough, but that day at the beach, it was really interesting because a, a school of dolphins swam by right off the shore, it, much closer than you ever see them. It was really cool. Wow. And, you know, then we started talking about it. I said, so what's the difference between a porpoise and a dolphin? And I said, I don't know. Well, let's find out. So there was, and then there were a lot of shells up on the shore that hadn't been all crumbled up like usual. And we were able to collect a bunch of shells. So we had a shell collection and that was kind of the birth of unit studies for us. We started with that and then read, read the story, Pagu, the hermit crab and yeah. went off on a, an oceans unit study. That's awesome. And it just, you know, it just happened. We kind of fell into a unit study mode really quickly that we did a lot of that. So I was cobbling things together. Um, yeah, I'm not even sure where we started with the question on this one. Oh. <laughs> <It> was, <laughs> No, yeah. I had asked like how you started like the whole entire review and everything and yeah, what so looking looking for things that would be interesting like that. So once you start into unit studies, then you really start branching out. That yeah. is so cool. I like unit studies. I do that actually with my classes. Right now I'm teaching physics and biology. 
So like my unit study right now, what physics is on soccer. Oh. And yeah, I know. And everyone's like, soccer? Really? Like you have no. no idea how much physics there are in soccer. <laughs> so it's they have to create a device that's going to protect soccer players. So they learn all about soccer. They learn all about like impulse and the, you know, force and all these different things. So a lot of physics is brought into it. And they also engineering, how to engineer uh, equipment and sneakers and things like that. <laughs> and then in my bio, we learn about kelp, the kelp forest in California. So oh, it's, yeah. I love it. I, I love unit studies because I really feel like you can tackle so many things and you can get very deep in that one thing and you can teach them how to learn yeah. about different things versus. Yeah, because kelp is connected to all the living organisms that are related to it and its environment. You know, there's a whole like ecosystem there that completely. Can, yeah. And it's fun, you know, and considering we live like right here. So we have the California coast is a couple of miles away. So a lot of my students, when they do go to the beach, they see all those things. They see the kelp. Yeah on the sand because it gets pulled up and then they know why it's really cool and I was actually able to like go run on the beach and take video of all this stuff and bring it into class and be like look we learned about that and this and that so it was it was yeah I teach online so it was really cool I really enjoy it Kathy, it's been so awesome having you on the podcast. Where, I mean, obviously people know where they can find you, but I'm going to ask anyways. <laughs> like, yeah. Where would they go to find all your reviews? Yeah. Well, Kathy Duffy Reviews is my website. The book, 103 Top Picks, is available to the website. I am only publishing it as a, as a PDF this time around because it's full of links, just loaded with links. And I decided that had to move into the, <laughs> That's the, like, great. the digital age too, because it just didn't make sense anymore to print it. And people can still print it out if they want to, but sure. Uh, anyway, so, you know, the book, the book is, you know, you have to purchase that, but everything else on the website is free. And there's also, this is important. There's an advanced search tool on the website too, that people can use for free to help them sort through. And especially if they've read through those beginning chapters in the book, then they can can, you know, make sense more when they're using the advanced search tool, trying to look for the different features that they know they want when they're looking at curriculum. So oh, that's really, cool. yeah, that's all there for them. Yeah. So when a mom or a dad is looking at curriculum, can you give us like one little point that they should be looking at when they are actually looking for a curriculum for their family? Well, it's not just one point. I can't narrow that's it down that much, but <laughs> yeah, it, but if I think, you know, it's the main things are, what are your goals? What do you want to accomplish? Not what does everybody else think you should but what do you need to accomplish what about learning styles do you need to address it you don't always but if you do what style works best for this situation and then what approach do you want to use unit study charlotte mason classical yeah. an eclectic mix of those you know online whatever yeah yeah so those, those are the main factors you take into account. And then there, there's others, you know, the religious viewpoint and other factors that, of course, you want to consider. One of my friends actually said she has an academy and, and she was like, I sometimes suggest to parents take like six months off and just get to know your kid, get yes. to know who your child is and how yeah. you even run your family. Like, right. what's the lifestyle? Yeah, because you, we talk about learning styles. Some parents have no idea what their children's learning styles are or what even their preferred teaching style is. And your first year, not even six months, your first year, just, you know, as a learning experience, 
for you and your kids. And so it's really important for parents to give themselves a lot of mercy that first year and pay attention to what's working, what's not working with their kids. And then you'll choose differently maybe next year and maybe not. Maybe you just chose really wisely the first year or you adapt. And that's, you know, I think parents need to feel free to adapt. If they're using something and it's not working, try adapting it first, throw something else in there, do something a little different. You know, if your child's having trouble doing all the writing, do it orally. You don't have to follow the directions exactly. You don't have to do everything in a book. Let it be a tool. I love that. Let it be a tool. So as we're wrapping up, is there like one big takeaway you want families and parents to take away from our conversation today? I think the most important thing is for parents to trust themselves, do what works best for their families rather than trying to please other people. Because you can waste a lot of energy and develop a lot of guilt over what other people think you should be doing. Do what works for your family and then, you know, enjoy it. Oh, awesome. I love that. Kelly, thank you so much for coming on the show and just sharing your wisdom, your knowledge, your new resources, the book. Guys, get the book. This woman has been around for a good amount of time and she knows what she's doing over here. So grab her book and get a hold of those links and all of her resources. She's a wealth of knowledge. Thank you so much, Kathy. I really appreciate you coming on today. Thank you. If you love the conversations we're having here on the Homeschool Advantage podcast, follow or subscribe our podcast to stay in the loop and never miss this amazing content. And please highly consider taking a minute to leave a positive rating and review to help others like you discover this show. See you next time.